And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Souls Fire podcast. Ryan and I back to recap episode eight of Survivor season 44. It was an interesting one to say the least, and I can't wait to recap it. How are you doing, Ryan? Dylan, I am doing well. We had a good episode last night, first time in a few weeks. Um, if it was a bad episode, I would have leaned heavily into the Danny Fart jokes, but you know what? It was a great episode, so two thumbs up. Yeah, I got to say, uh, <laughs> I mean, look, I I've been pretty down on this season up until this point, um, so it was nice to have a, a very good tribal council and very good episode yesterday. I think that was pretty much the consensus around the Survivor community, and I, I mean, both of us seem to think that as well. Everybody I've spoken to agrees, so... Uh, I'm happy that we finally got that because it seems like uh, it's been a long time coming for it. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, uh, a merge vote where everybody goes, everybody has one vote, their strategy. I mean, who would have thought? Look, it, it's back. We're back. We're back. We're, we're back. We're in a good spot. Um, and yeah, we're going to recap the episode tonight. First, I just wanted to say um, some horrible news from the Survivor community this week mm -hmm. that Keith Nail, who was on Survivor Season 29 and 31, passed away, I believe it was on uh, uh, Tuesday, I believe. Um, obviously, devastating news. And, you know, all thoughts are with his family. Just, you know, terrible. Like, one of my favorite Survivor players of all time. I mean, pretty much everybody loved him. Um, so that, that was tough to see. So, you know, 62, really young, and cancer sucks. So. I mean, I, I, again, I like survivors that our heart goes out to Wes and the whole nail family. Uh, like Keith always just brings a smile to our face. Like I, I can think of so many times when Keith gave us a laugh. I mean, all, all of his former cast castmates are just saying Keith just brought so much, you know, levity to the situation and always made them smile. And he, I mean, I think Reed on a season even said like, I mean, you know, Keith's a firefighter, put him, put others before himself would give you his own shirt off his back. So he will, um, but I mean, Keith was obviously one of a kind. Yeah, for sure. And it, it was great this week, seeing all the tributes go out from all the players that had played with him. Uh, I really enjoyed reading all those. So um, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, start off the, the podcast with that. Um, but, you know, let's get to the recap uh, of episode eight, which as we said, we both enjoyed it a lot. Uh, now a reminder, if you're watching, be sure to subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Like the video. Follow us on all socials. Links are in the description below. Um, also, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple. That would really help us out. So be sure to do that. Um, but let's get started. Um, Brandon voted out in what was a successful idol play on somebody else. Uh, Danny plays his idol successfully on Franny. Franny gets the majority of the votes, but Brandon goes home as those votes are nullified by the idol. I got, I got to say, and, and this is actually, I want to bring this up. I just had Twitter open because I wanted to read this uh, exact tweet that I had seen last night after I watched the episode. And it was literally, it was one of these tweets, you know, sometimes you read a stat and you're like, wait a second, like, how mm -hmm. could this be? Okay. From Mike Bloom, fun quote, fun survivor fact. Danny is the first person to successfully play an idol on somebody else at tribal council since Davey played his on Christian back in the minority votes vote split in David versus Goliath. Yeah. So it has been seven seasons since we have seen somebody successfully use an idol for somebody else. Uh, and honestly, it feels like it's been that long and we finally got it. So that, that was awesome to see. Um, 
what are your thoughts initially on the move? Obviously, Danny perfectly executed what he wanted to do. Um, uh, complete props to him on completely reading the situation correctly because I had my doubts myself, and I'm sure you did as well. Uh, I'm curious to hear what you think. We can get into the move, whether we think it was actually a good move or not, um, or you know stuff like that. Yeah, so I mean, it's crazy. I feel like the last few weeks we haven't gotten to discuss a vote strategy in depth because we had the Matthew Medevac, the Josh vote was very straightforward, and then the Matt vote was super fluky last week. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to talk about all the different permutations of why people voted, why they did. But yeah, I listen, obviously it was the right move for Soka. Clearly we've seen this Soka, t- uh, Soka Ratu war brewing for a bit now, especially after they took Matt out last week. It was clear that Danny, Franny, and Heidi couldn't lose one of each other they had to make sure Ratu went home so they obviously made the right move and they went for probably the biggest threat on Ratu in Brandon so great move for them I mean I feel like um Mike Bloom said this I feel like uh who else said this on Twitter I I think uh Shannon Gus said this as well it's like Tika putting on like a master class and like playing the middle where it's like they decide in the end to side with Soka. And I, by the way, I think also for Tika, it was the right move because like we discussed last week, you let the Ratu four slide through another week with Lauren's extra idol. They're going to have a majority of the votes at final nine. So you had to take a shot this week. You had to. Um, but basically Tika masterclass in the middle, because not only are they working with Soka because they know what the, the plan is going to be to save Franny, they still vote with Ratu. Well, Carson and uh, Jam Jam do at least they vote with Ratu knowing that Franny will be safe. So that way they give themselves the option next week to stay in the middle, not show their cards, and they can stick with Ratu, um, stick with Soka, or they can flip over to Ratu now. So great job by the Three Stooges uh, last night. Yeah, I think I, I think you make a great point, and a lot of people were, were you know saying this. Uh, I didn't exactly, I guess I didn't like pick up on this as soon as I saw it, but like once I just turned on Twitter right after, the, right after I watched the episode, I was like, oh, like they, they you know, Carson and Jam Jam knew exactly what was going to happen, and they still voted for Franny. This way, it seems like they were going with the plan um, to Ratu, but they actually knew it was going to happen. Now, what I want to bring up is Carolyn actually voted Brandon in this situation. So it was a 6-4 vote, technically a 4-0 vote because the votes got nullified, but it was 4 with Carolyn being that fourth vote for Brandon. Um, I, I have my theories on, on why Carolyn did vote for Brandon. Uh, I know a lot of people, there was, you know, speculation. It could have been for this reason, for that reason. But my theory is that if, um, if Ratu and if Ratu had made a plan to split the votes, okay, I guess they like, I think that the Tika had already decided that they wanted Brandon out of the game, right? It's mm-hmm. pretty clear. Yeah. They, they decided they wanted to side with Soka. So I guess if there was a vote split, it they Carolyn voting with the three Soka ensured that it would be four three three still. Mm-hmm. I guess so. I, I guess it was just like a backup, just in case we wanted to, you know, just in case something crazy happened, we need a fourth vote on um on on uh on Brandon just to ensure that he, the person that we want to go home goes home. I think that's what it had to be. I'm not sure if you have any other uh, other speculations there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I feel like we we might not know <clears throat> for sure until we hear, you know, exit interviews and people come out of the game. But my initial thought, and obviously, I think Twitter, and, and, and this is actually another reason why I don't, even though I missed doing it right after the episode, having a day to let it sink in really lets us 
put more pieces together. So I, I've kind of been enjoying that. Um, my initial thoughts was basically that Carolyn, Jam Jam, and Carson voted, you know, not all together because Tika's playing the middle and kind of like Nate says in the chats, they wouldn't come off as a, a trio. Like they, they're dysfunctional. Right. People are underestimating Carolyn. They're underestimating Jam Jam and Car everybody wants to work with Carson. So how do you make yourselves look less threatening as a trio? Because especially because you came into the merge with lower numbers, you know, they are like, oh, we're not all on the same page. Carolyn voted for freaking Brandon and we voted for um, for Franny. So we're not all working together, but they are. So that was my first thoughts. The point that you made, I didn't consider until I, I was doing some more research, but um, I didn't consider that like, if Brandon and the group says, okay, we're going to vote for Franny and they realize, shoot, we shouldn't have told Danny and Franny, Danny and Heidi that we were going to do that because they could they could snake us. Let's flip our votes to now put our votes on Heidi. Carolyn voting with them actually, like you said, makes it like a four, three, three, or four, four, three in that case. So I didn't consider the that aspect. I think that actually makes a lot of sense if Carolyn did it that way. But I could also see it just being like they didn't want to come off as a tight trio. Yeah, that that's another good point. I, I think it's definitely and, and like you said, the Tika three, they're playing a master class at playing the middle right now, right? So they go into next week, which is next week's gonna be final nine. Yeah. And pretty much like I don't think anybody really sees it at this point. We see it from our television. I don't really know if anybody else sees it because like you said, they kind of put on a good display here where they act like they were, you know, they were on the wrong side of the votes, at least two of them. And the other one, they act, you know, Carolyn, she votes other she votes differently from them. So you know, people may not view it as them being together. Um, and honestly, like other, yeah, Jam Jam had his name kind of brought out a few weeks in a row, but I don't know, really know if I see his name coming up anytime soon. Uh, and Carolyn and Carson have basically never once uh, in the last few episodes had their name brought up at all. So it's like these three players who completely seem non-threatening for all different reasons. Um they're banding together. No one really sees it. And I think next week we're going to have a similar situation where them three are going to be the deciding uh, factors on who goes home. So it is very, it is very interesting. Um, I'm at the point, And again, things could, things could completely flip. I'm at the point where I feel like two at two out of these three get to the final three at this point. And I, it's so early it's final 10, but I mean, we've seen pretty much this entire season focused around those three. Um, so to me, something crazy would have to happen in or in my opinion for this to go wrong. And I guess when I say something crazy, literally all <laughs> literally if if Soka and Ratu, if you know, let's just say one or two votes more happen where Teak is the middle, and then all of a sudden the, the remaining Soku and uh Soka and Ratu say, wait a second. Now our numbers got whittled down, but Tika, there's still three original Tika, and then all of a sudden everything could flip. So who knows? But yeah, I that's the vibes I'm getting. Um, so we'll see what happens. One thing I, I do want to mention with this vote is it was so it was so sloppy by by Ratsu. Like, and and it's funny because we had we kind of got you know hinted and foreshadowed this entire episode that Ratsu is gonna get screwed here yeah. because I mean the episode title, uh Kane says that you know he told himself going out here, as soon as you feel cocky, that's that's when you that's when you know you're in trouble um yet they get yet they 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 screw up right he he knew he kind of told he told us this is not good that i feel cocky yet i feel cocky and they get they get screwed over uh it looked like brain and uh kane and brandon were very close brandon gets voted out kane gets screwed over ratsu gets screwed over so look 
uh it it is it was just it was it was a slop fest in terms of in terms of trying to figure out that vote and it was so weird like and again i listen you know we listen to this a day we record the podcast a day later and i listen to a bunch of other podcasts read a bunch of articles Mm -hmm. it is it's pretty crazy like i think it was uh either i think it was rob rob uh sesternino on our made his he he said how did ratu just go to soka and tell them who was going to be voted out like it just it was mm-hmm. so like almost mind-boggling the fact that it was so easy for soka to find out who the target was everybody on that island knew that franny was being targeted right mm-hmm. so it was just so easy for danny having an idol to be like all right well if i want to save franny i could easily do that now obviously the plan almost gets derailed because heidi heidi has had some crazy moments the last few weeks this may have been the, the number one of them all. Why would you go to the players in the middle and tell them about Danny's idol? That was a crazy move, yet it became clear based on exit press. And again, this is why it's good to, you know, there's pros and cons of doing the podcast uh, on mm-hmm. Thursday instead of Wednesday night. We learned from Brandon's exit press, which I read um, or at least skimmed through, that Brandon did not really know about Danny's idol. He did not hear from jam jam confirmed did not go to ratu and be like guys danny has an idol he may be uh he could maybe be available to vote for tonight right so that was something that as as viewers of the episode in real time we were kind of under the impression that that was maybe gonna happen and that was the mystery going into tribal councils like well did jam jam go to ratu and inform them about what was gonna happen or did he keep you know did he keep quiet about it um clearly danny was able to sniff out that there were that ratu was pretty much strong with uh that that uh not ratu that jam jam and carson were pretty much strong with the plan and knew knew it was gonna happen they were gonna allow it to happen um because yeah i mean again it, it was a good job by danny to to basically sniff that out and you know make sure i guess that jam jam did not you know, go to ratu with with this information because that could have been truly tragic for them. Yeah. I think a couple of questions that I had last night was a, yeah, you're right. I was very curious why Heidi and, and I do like Heidi, but I was very curious why she told Carson and Jam Jam that information about his idol, because like you mentioned, it would have been so easy for Jam Jam to run back to Ratu and say, Oh, Danny's going to play it on Franny. And then they, they just, they snake Danny and Danny goes home. That would be, that would have been very easy to do. So I didn't know why she did that. And then I also didn't know Dylan, why, and I didn't think about this until later. I was like, why didn't Ratu split the votes? Like, they, I, I, I mean, they just put every, them and Tika, except for Carolyn, put all their votes on Franny. And in the exit press, Brandon was like, you know, I it's my fault. I didn't check in. It's always important to check in with your allies. Make sure you're on the same page. If you're going to do a split, make sure you're very clear on it. And he was like, I didn't really think about it. I didn't really do it. We, we, ran, we ran out of time. And at, at Tribal Council, he turns to Lauren and he's like, I think like we, I think after Franny put uh, Danny put the idol on Franny, he was like, I think we're still fine. And Lauren's like, shit, I don't think we split the vote. So to answer both these questions, I was like, how this is just really weird. Dylan, I didn't realize this until I looked at Wikipedia and then I looked looked at Twitter. I know that this is a fast game, it's 26 days. I didn't realize we've had three tribal councils three nights in a row. Three days, right. I, I did not realize Josh was gone day 13, Matt was gone 14, and then last night was 15 with, sorry, 15 with um, uh, Brandon. 
which that explains to me so much because like that answers why Brandon and them didn't split the votes is because like he said, they ran out of time. They had that super long challenge last night that apparently gave them only a few hours to scramble and they just ran out of time. I think Heidi probably told Carson and Jam Jam because she's like, crap, I need to lock them in tonight. How do I lock them in? Oh, I can lock them in because Danny has an idol. So I can promise you guys you're in the middle. You're nervous. This plan will work. And I think that I think the time explains why some of these moves or mistakes were maybe made. Yeah, I, I did see Stephen Fishback tweeting about that, right? It is, it is so crazy to have three votes in three days. It's I mean, too, too fast. It, it is too fast, right? And I have a feeling that whenever whenever we do get returnees from uh, pre-40 seasons, uh, those players are, are in for a shock, right? Because even though they've played Survivor before, they haven't played this kind of Survivor where there's just like no time to do anything. So again... I don't want to get into a whole tangent about how they should go back to 39 days, but they should go back to 39 days because it is, because it is, it is, it is way too fast paced. Um, and all that being said, I do want to also get to the point. Was this the right move for Danny? Right. It's one of those moves that seems great in real time. Um, but we won't know if it was truly great uh, until we see the outcome of Danny's game, the outcome of what happens next week, the week after how it plays out. But in my mind, I initially love the move, and now I think more about it. I'm like, well, he's out there right now in Final Nine. He is the top target, I think, by a landslide. So he has his work cut out for him, right? I think it's going to be almost impossible for him at this point to lower his threat level to a point where he will be completely safe. Um, that being said, like it, it's always possible to lower your threat level. It's just like, how are you going to lower your threat level when – Nobody is even throwing the Tika names out at all. So that basically limits it down to six. Somebody's going to win an immunity. Mm-hmm. There's only so many names that can be thrown out there. It's going to be insanely hard for him to get the target off his back, especially when it shows the preview next week where he's running through the jungle trying to find something. Clearly, mm-hmm. he feels the pressure. Um, he he may need to win immunity next week in order to survive, right? Um, but then again, you know, we've seen several moments in Survivor history where it's like, you just got to worry about the vote in front of you and then take it from there, right? Mm-hmm. Because for for some players, of course, uh, depending on the situation, because all you really need is one more day or two more days and everything can completely change. So, you know, somebody else could do something incredibly stupid that leads to them being voted out over Danny. And then all of a sudden, Danny's in the final eight. Numbers look different. He could rattle off an immunity or two in a row, your final six. So you never know what could happen, right? Um, but I get a sense that, Danny still has his work cut out for him uh, with this idol play. Now, also, I do understand from the perspective of Danny that at this point, half the people out there knows he had the idol. And the other people that were on Ratu, there was some maybe rumors based on their conversation with Matt last week that he did have the idol. So pretty much everyone was speculating or knew that Danny had the idol. So I think, honestly, it may have benefited his threat level to just get rid of the idol and just play it. And now everyone's like, well, Danny doesn't have an idol anymore, so we don't have to worry about that. Lauren's the one with the extra vote, right? So it is, you know, I see both sides of it. Um, But Danny definitely is going to have his work cut out for him getting his threat level down, that's for sure. So my question for you is, so when you say that you initially love the move and even now you think it's fine, but you you, you had some reservations, you're not really sure. You're you're saying you think that you're debating whether he should have played it for Franny there. Like, cause obviously if he doesn't play for Franny there, she goes home, but he still has his idol for next week. If he needs it, 
Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, that's the other thing that's really incomplete information is like because Soka was locked in. Basically, we we think that Soka wanted Brandon out. So the question is, if if uh, nobody said anything about Danny's idol, right? Do do Soka make sh- uh, do Tika make sure that uh, Brandon goes home still? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think Tika obviously wants to flush there. It's in Tika's best interest to have Danny play his idol and have him flush it out. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely, they made the right move and everything that they did. But if Danny's idol is more secretive, I'm curious to know whether or not, like, like if, if, if Heidi doesn't say that, I'm curious to know what happens. Honestly, I'm curious to know if, if they still vote Franny out or if they go with the plan to vote Brandon and basically just, draw a line in the sand um we don't we don't really know it's really impossible for us to know um but yeah i don't know it, it, it's tough it's tough right so yeah 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 we'll, we'll, we'll have to see but so i mean look obviously we, we keep mentioning heidi said this to carson and jam jam and we were debating you know why did she say this to them because it could have blown up in their face and obviously it, it ended up working out um and we can maybe blame the short time frame of strategizing for that. Um, I, we haven't really said yet. Like, I actually give Danny a little bit of blame. Like, obviously, I think I'm, 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 I think he made a good move saving Franny. I mean, obviously, he loses his, his idol, but he keeps an ally in Franny. Uh, Ratsu loses a member in the war, so I think it was fine. I still don't know why he told Heidi to begin with. Now, again, I think we've seen in the new era, people just like to talk. It's a very short time frame. The game is very fast paced. People share secrets. I mean, him just mentioning this in general to Heidi, I think, was a little bit of a misstep. I think he should have just kept it to himself. Um, for sure. Because then, then sure. what happened, as we see, like, he had to then debate at the end. He's like, crap, do I save Franny or do I just play it safe and just play it on my on myself? And, but, like, you know, he put himself in that spot because he told Heidi about the idol. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you, you make a good point, right? It's like at the and how many times do we have to preach that on this podcast? Is like if you get the idol, you got to keep it to yourself. And this this honestly, a lot of this even goes back to like him being so aggressive with hiding the hiding the fake idol, right? Because maybe the fake idol was, you know, maybe it was a curse, right? It's like I think the right move looking back on the fake idol is to just like pocket it and use it for a time that you need it. Rather than just like a lot of them, just they just like all every tribe, they just buried it right away and like had mm-hmm. somebody find it right away. But as you saw, Matt having the fake idol set off a alarm, a siren, well, basically because of the information that he heard from Brandon that mm-hmm. maybe I do have the fake idol. Well, if Matt didn't have the fake idol, then there's probably no speculation about anything. Obviously, there's speculation that the idol could be had by somebody there, or there could be speculation that somebody went home with the idol in their pocket, like a mat or something, right? So it's like, I think that, you know, this all goes back to our comments from er- much earlier in the season, I believe it was like the second episode where Danny hid the fake idol. And we were saying, we were sitting here saying, loved it in the moment, but it could be too much too soon. And now we're kind of seeing the effects of that where Danny is the biggest threat left in the game with 10 people left, which is not the ideal spot. Um, ideally, you want to be much further down on that list until later in the game, but you know, it's not it's not impossible to think that he could pull off uh, some type of run, but his work is definitely cut out for him. And I think that it all is it all stems from basically that move like on day two. Yeah, I, I, I think that is actually a really good question that I feel like we don't debate enough. And I feel like I mean, I, I know Rob and others have said this on their podcast, but that's a really good point. It's like 
everyone's so concerned about, oh, like whether it's Danny, whether it's Rick Devins, even if it's like Bob Crowley, it's like all throughout the, ever since Guatemala, ever since idols were introduced, everyone's like, I need to make a fake idol so others can find it. But, and, but obviously there are times where people, people make a fake idol for themselves to bluff and we're debating, is it better to use a fake idol for yourself or to trick somebody else? And I feel like it might have more benefits to use it for yourself because like somebody else, it could backfire. They could get mad at you. You could lose a jury vote. And I feel like Danny, like you said, was a little preoccupied with making sure Matt got this and it kept maybe Matt in check for him, but kind of this, this ball kind of is unraveled a bit. And now Danny can be in some trouble. Right. Like what if, what if uh, Danny had? What if Danny had the fake idol in his possession right now? Well, I would say his game would look a lot different going forward, right? Because if you're if he's in trouble next week, let's say he doesn't win immunity, and everyone's like, "Well, I want to play the guy who just I want to vote out the guy who just successfully played an idol for somebody last week," right? At least if he had that fake idol, he could bluff it and be like, "I have an idol," and yeah. I mean, he, he wouldn't have to, I mean, he could show it and people could speculate. Is it fake? Is it real? Well, it's different on every tribe. People don't know that yet, really. Or maybe people figured it out. I don't know. But if he had held on to the fake idol, he would not have been in the predicament yesterday where last night, where everywhere, a lot of people knew about it. Um, and he would have ammo for himself in case he needed like a Hail Mary to save himself going forward. So I think that it, it is interesting because honestly, I hadn't really thought about this until now, but like it again, it everything that happened last night it stems back to that that very beginning moment where that we spoke about on here. Is he doing too much too soon? And now, because of what he did on day two and the information that spread, um, he's in a spot where he is the most threatening player potentially at this point, at least viewed that way. The one last thing I'll say about idols is that um obviously, again, as we said, everybody shares everything. People know, knew about Danny's um, idol and Karsten knows about Jamie's fake idol because Matthew told him. Carolyn's the only one. Carolyn's the only one where nobody knows somehow that she has the idol. And again, more power to her. I think Carolyn's still playing really well. I still maintain that Carson probably is playing the best and is in the best spot, but Carolyn's up there as well. And no one knows she has an idol. Yeah, I'm... How do I describe this? So I was, I, I still am very high on Caroline. I was high yeah. on her basically the entire pre-merge. I, she, look, I, I think she, she needs to kind of wait for the right moment to make her move, but eventually. So how do I describe it right now? Nobody sees her as a threat at all. Nobody's even thrown her name out. Nobody said, I think Carolyn has the idol. Um, You could, how do I describe it? You could play a great silent game, but eventually people need to know what you did, right? So eventually she's going to have to make her move. I'm so curious about how she ends up using this idol. Like it really is fascinating because I, I don't think, I don't think anybody knows. Maybe Jam Jam knows. I don't think anybody knows though. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, I mean, for better or for worse, I mean, probably for worse in the, in the new era, I don't think she really has to do that much. Honestly, like, like, like Stephen Fishback was saying this on Twitter too, where he retweeted somebody's theory where it's like in the new era, because of all these twists, the game changes literally day to day now. You can't predict it. And again, not to take anything away from Erica, Marianne, or Gabler, but it's like your best bet in the new era, honestly, is to play a great social game. Be Michelle, like make a lot of friends, be, be a great social game. Don't worry about doing too much because the twists can screw you up. Don't be a front runner like the Jessies and the Highs or um, the Shans or whatever because you'll get cut. Just wait. It's almost like Squid Game where it's like you cross over the, gl the glass bridge and then people are going to fall. And then as long as you're the last one not to fall, you'll win. So 
all Carolyn has to do, honestly, I hate to say it, is just be underestimated, keep playing in the middle, wait until final five, the last chance you could play your idol. And either you can say, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not in danger, but I'll play it to show you guys I can keep a secret. Or like Marianne did, just keep it until final tribal and whip it out then and, and you'll, everyone will be shocked. That's all she really has to do. Because if you try to make a move too early, you're, you're going to get cut. So she really can't afford to just wait until f- final four or five, honestly. Right. Uh, yeah. And again, we can, we can get down to it, but like, I think that it's going to be tough for her. Right. I think at the end, because again, the jury, when, when you get to the final three, it's all about the perception of yourself, uh, to the jury. Right. So I think based on how, so what, what I, what I kind of meant by when I said, she's going to have to eventually make a move that like is clearly hers is I think if she were to go to the final three with like a, a jam jam or, a, or a Carson, I think people view uh, people will know jam jam was on the block multiple times and kind of like escaped the boat. And I think people just, I, I don't know. It's tough to say how people perceive Carson right now. Like, right. Like I kind of see him as like the really smart based on the confessionals. I, I kind of see him as like the really smart young guy. Who's like behind a lot of the votes. They could easily see Carson as just like a young guy who's there. Uh, but if they do perceive Carson as like a mastermind, then, you know, that's not something you want to sit next to. So again, I, I don't want to get too much into this because we really get down a rabbit hole here, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see We'll see how she handles the idol and her, what moves she makes. But I do think she's going to have to make some kind of move that she owns down the stretch here. Um, yeah. And do you have anything to say or no, I was going to, I mean, I was going to say, I mean, we'll get through the episode and we'll talk about Carson, you know, being sick, but it's like, I think that's how people see him. I mean, he's obviously very smart. He's an aerospace engineer, but it's like, I think people see him, he's 20, as the younger brother. People like him. People want to work with him. Um, And the only person so far who has been like, I don't know if I can trust Carson, was Sarah. And Sarah is now gone. Um, I think people just see him as a impressionable young guy. Now, obviously, at some point, if he starts to keep playing a great game, he might be exposed soon. But that's why I felt like Carson was is playing the best because people I just don't think respect Carolyn yet. People at least really like and respect Carson from what we're seeing. So right, right. I, I think I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, and and from our previous conversation, I was gonna say also. Uh, speaking of, we had all these conversations early in the season about how many advantages there were, extra votes, idols. We had no idea, fake idols. You couldn't keep track. And now we're down to an idol in Carolyn's possession, a fake idol in Jamie's possession. She doesn't know it's fake. Everyone else seems to think it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then an extra vote for Lauren. So first of all, Lauren's extra vote becomes way more powerful as the votes go on. So mm-hmm. somehow they're going to have to try to flush that because you don't want, you don't want a final six in her. When's the last time she could play her extra vote? Do you know? I feel like it changes. I want to say it's six. Five, five, five seems too small. I want to say six, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, if it if it is, let's just say it is six. You don't you don't want you don't want her taking the fi- the extra vote to six. So they got to figure out a way to get rid of that, um, especially because everybody knows about it. Uh, like I said, we're still waiting for Jamie to get bamboozled by the fake idol, which we which I'm fairly certain is going to happen. Um, and again, Carolyn, who knows what's going to happen with her idol? So I'm also curious. All this being said, is what more is going to be dumped into the game from here on out? We see people searching next week. We see Danny searching. Somebody, somebody who's like, oh, he's always in the woods. He's always looking for idols. 
Uh, are we gonna see like the inheritance advantage put uh, back into the game? Like, like what what advantages are we gonna see go back into the game? Because I'm completely uh, fine. If, I'm completely fine if they just like hide one more idol the rest of the season and just let them go from there. Um, because, or at least if they're gonna have a twist, make it something that we've seen in the past. Make it something that the players have seen in the past, and make it something that like lasts like one vote. Um, you know what else I could see them doing as a twist this season? It was the what was the what was the vote? uh last season where they predicted who was it that cody predicted owen to win was that was that what the twist was in oh yeah like like, 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 uh, like the uh uh sports betting thing like basically like where you ha- yeah. you know what the challenge is and you have to place a bet on who you think is gonna win the challenge right and then but that that was crazy because carla and tied, yeah. and then and then cody was able to get immunity also from that right he got he got immunity for the right so that that was that was like half the half the people were safe. I could see them doing that. I I actually I do like that. It's just like that situation was really weird. No, we like, said this last season. I like yeah. that. I like the betting on it. I just don't like it at final seven. I think that's a little too late to have, like you just said, half the people safe. If they want to do that at final, they want to do that next week at final nine. Choose your champion. Thank you. Yeah. Right. They want to do that next week at final nine. I'm okay with it. Final ten. Just right. once you get past eight, it gets a little too crazy. Granted, right. we didn't know that Carla and Owen were going to tie. But like you can't have half the tribe safe with that case. So right. I like choose your champion, just do it earlier. Um, but I do agree with you as well, where it's like it's so re- refreshing to have one idol in the game and only one advantage. So we're in a we're in a pretty good spot. If they hide another idol next week, I don't mind because as we know, when the idol gets played, it gets put back into circulation. So I'm fine with that. I'll fall off my chair if it's inheritance again or something <laughs> stupid again. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what happens. And I, one more one last thing uh, before we get into like the challenge and stuff is I'm still curious to know if the if the chessboard is going to be anything. I, I know people are speculating about that. People said that like the pieces have been getting less and less, so it's just like they yeah. think that it's just like symbolism for how many people are left in the game. But who knows? Um, I want them to. I that that I would be all for it. Hide an idol at tribal council. Like we we've been waiting for it for four mm-hmm. seasons now. Like we've known that they're going to eventually do it. I didn't think that, I didn't know if they were going to do it in forty one because it would be like maybe a little too obvious. Forty two maybe a little bit too obvious. But like we're in forty four now. Like I think that we're we're any any day it could happen. <laughs> so I'm curious to see if that ends up happening. Um, yeah. Okay, let's get to the challenge. So it was the same thing as we had last season, except for it was like a different ending. This was the challenge um that gabler i believe is the one that gabler was yelling out uh nebraska like, alaska yeah, yeah he was yeah, yelling at states stuff, yeah. and people for like an hour straight which was uh, obviously an iconic moment of last season um it was just different with the footholds this was i'll never i mean i every single time i think about this challenge i think about like rupert like his giant feet like trying to stand on the perch and heroes and villains uh here's oh, villain. I, I thought you were gonna say you think about token chains where coach like after exile like literally collapses off of the thing yeah yeah I, I by the way i i love that i almost wish i almost wish they saved that for like a later immunity challenge when there's like, i agree left. right because I, I only having four people and that was kind of annoying but it's like it's so to me that's like so entertaining to watch like people like struggle like that uh so I I like this challenge because it featured the the end and I the people struggling in the net is so funny to me but I don't <laughs> but I, 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 we said this last season that, like that is horrifying to get just to get stuck in that net like I mean, Carolyn was I mean that was funny though Carolyn just screaming and Carson sick is like you can it's, do it that is 
funny, to, hilarious to watch would be a nightmare to actually do it. Like I would, ne- I never want it. I, like the fact, the fact that Carson, I was like, <laughs> when when Carolyn like barely got through, and like they were about to finish, whoever it was, Heidi and Jamie, they were about to mm-hmm. finish to finish the challenge. I was just like yelling at my, I was like about to yell like Carson, like don't do it, just like just like give, like, just like it's not worth it. And then they like. Uh, they they pan to him after they get back to the mat and he's like already in there like rolling around i was like oh like what do you he probably only was in there for like a minute like he didn't have to do it you know what's funny people on twitter were like because carson's smart like why they there is no chance they were gonna win like they were gonna survive that so why did he jump in and people were like come on jeff would have killed him if jeff's like you're not even gonna try you're not even gonna jump in (laughs) so carson probably was like i gotta at least like give some sort of an effort even though i'm not gonna get through yeah yeah no for for sure um yeah i'm not really sure i have any other thoughts on the challenge i do like the team aspect kind of but like i would have saved that that last uh part is obviously like a historic epic type immunity challenge it's like perfect for when there's like eight people after seven people left so i would have liked to see them save that but one other thing i want to say about this immunity challenge by the way i i kind of called lauren once it got to the final four kind of called lauren winning it because it's a it is an advantage if you have smaller feet right yeah. i would think right because all the all the and by the way not taking anything away from her still extremely impressive i would i don't have big feet and i would be terrible at it still so so um yeah but yeah it, it was it was a lot of fun to watch i i thought for a second i was like maybe danny will pull it off but he was he was really grinding he was really grinding it was impressive uh just to watch honestly everybody did a pretty good job there um one more thing i was gonna say oh and the other thing i was gonna say about this challenge is they they've done this a few times this season they're the foreshadowing is getting like way too obvious in some oh yeah like did they need to put the part about danny saying he wanted lauren out like right before the challenge like come on like come on did we do we need need that because i think we all knew what, what was maybe coming the, this was a very again. I thought this was a great episode. My only complaint, I texted you. My only complaint was that the challenge, like last season, lasted way too long. It took up like half the episode. Um, but the foreshadowing was, was a lot. Like like you said, when Danny says, "I want Lauren gone," um, we, we, you knew she was going to win. When Lauren's like, "I nobody wants to be my partner," and I'm probably probably going to be the weak link in the challenge. I knew she was going to win. And like you said, when you have smaller feet. I mean, Yule said this back in Cook Islands where he was like with the whole elephant metaphor where it's like, you know, Lauren just has less surface area with her feet, smaller feet. So she's going to naturally have an advantage. So I I had a feeling that she was going to win the whole time. I I would have bet on that. Um, And also going back to what you said earlier in this podcast about, you know, Kane and Brandon being confident. When Kane gives the confessional of like, if someone from Ratsu doesn't win this game, we messed up. I'm like. Okay, so Ratsu's not going to win this game <laughs> at this point. Like it's like it's the heavy-handedness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's the just entire so... episode. Kane, Kane being like, "It's our game. It's our game to win." <laughs> you know, did, like by the way, did you see when they messed up his name? Yeah, yeah. That I, that, I, didn't, I cannot believe they messed up his name. That was ridiculous. I didn't, I didn't notice it in real time, but I went on Twitter after. I was like, I was like, wait, wait a second. I was like, no way, this actually happened because I don't actually like once once you're past a certain episode, you don't really look at the name every time. But uh, it was it was uh, that that was that was crazy. That was crazy. How do you how do you not notice that? Come on. But uh, yeah, I don't want to take away from what was what was a very enjoyable episode. So <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it was a good episode. So anything yeah, anything else we want to talk about before we get to questions? 
Let's see. I mean, we, I mean, I feel like I feel like we actually covered a lot already. We covered the whole strategy behind the vote. We covered the pre-game pre-tribal strategy. We covered the challenge. Carson. Carson, got- Carson was extremely sick from PB and J. That that was uh, almost fish fishback esque, except for like it wasn't raining as hard. So severe, severe <laughs> gastrointestinal yeah. distress. Yeah. Um. I mean, look. I I think no, nobody nobody was concerned that Carson was going to get pulled. Like it was never going to happen. But it was just like like I was. I at first I was like, why are they showing this? Because I'm sure people get sick all the time. But then I realized they showed it because it was leading up to the challenges in pairs. So who's going to want to be with the sick guy? And then Carolyn's like, I'll do it. But Carolyn was <laughs> Carolyn was not getting out of that net anyway. So um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, and and Carson, Carson like barely being able to get words you out. Can do, you like, can do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Carolyn's just like, oh, like Carol. If you watch with close captioning, like you see like five times Carolyn screaming, Carolyn screaming, Carolyn. Yeah. Screaming. <laughs> Crazy. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that I wanted to address, but I think we're good. It, it's funny how like, uh, even though even though like. Uh, even though there was a lot to talk about with the vote, it was like there was less to talk about because there wasn't some crazy twist that we'd never seen before. Well, not uh, only that, I think you're right. It was because there was not no big twist. And, I, and ironically, I think that this was the best episode to talk about strategy-wise that we've kind of gotten to questions pretty quick. But Dylan, also because, again, the challenge took up like 25, 30 minutes. Like when they have to go to a, com- a commercial in the middle of a challenge, I'm like, no, here, here's my biggest pet peeve. I have, I have a big pet peeve. Not only when you go to a, ch- a commercial in the middle of a challenge – that's bad. That means the challenge is going on too long. I don't mind when Jeff says, I'll go tally the votes and they cut to commercial for dramatic effect. I'm okay with that. What I don't like is when they cut to commercial in the middle of a challenge because then it's just taking too long. What, Dylan, what bothers me a lot, and I don't know if you caught this, and Jeff did this last season too, the challenge was taking so long, Jeff had to reintroduce the rules. So he says, like, you're going to go through the the, the, the the mud nets, dig up the the, the planks, then round two, go up the go up the the slope, cross the bridge, go down, and then the chimney sweep, whatever. After the whole Carolyn and Carson thing took so long and whatever, Jeff had to say to them at the start of round two, okay, as a reminder, what you're going to do. I'm like, Jeff, you just said this like t- two minutes ago. Ugh. Yeah, he's like, he's like, uh, if in case you guys uh, have have bad memory from being out here not eating, here's the rules again. <laughs> If you missed what I said maybe 20 minutes ago, here's I'll repeat the rules. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Uh oh yeah, okay. So, we'll give we'll give a uh we'll give a minute or so for people to get their questions in before we get to it. What I do want to bring up bef- while people are doing that mm-hmm. is there is a rumor floating around that Bruce will be on season 45, which is exciting for him. Uh and pretty cool to see, right? So, Bruce obviously was medevaced the fir- the opening episode, the season premiere. Um, due to injury and Jeff publicly said on his podcast, he's, he's more than welcome back. He will play again. And it looks like from the rumors that Bruce will be on 45 with mostly newbies. So interesting to see that that'll be, that'll be, that's for sure. Like, you know, we've seen medevacs come back, but a medevac coming back directly on the next season is that that's, that's going to be cool to see. Uh, I'm excited. I'm happy that Bruce is able to get that opportunity and it, you know, we should be only like, assuming that they're about to start filming 45 or that they are filming 45 right now, we're probably like a month away from figure from finding out what 46 is going to be and all speculation. And if you put the things together, it, it is going to be returnees 46. So I'm 
for sure excited to have a podcast in a month or so talking about whatever the leaked returnee cast is. That is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously uh, still rumors, but it comes from obviously a, a reputable source and inside survivor. But I mean, I, I think, I think, I do think Bruce is on next season and obviously I think it's great for him. He deserves it after his rough experience this time. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I heard other people being like, Oh, could they do another Philippines where it's like, uh, like him and two other medevacs as like captains, quote unquote. But like, I think honestly, when you go out night one, like Bruce, you're not even a vet. You're he's basically a returning player. He has, it's it's funny it's not funny but like he has 12 more hours of experience than, than them dylan and he was probably concussed for 11 of those 12 hours so it's like he really himself is still a newbie so 45 will literally be probably all newbies plus bruce and bruce is also a newbie really so i really hope that it is true and we do see him get another shot um and yeah i, I guess like you said we'll see if the rumor mill keeps churning they usually film the seasons back to back in late usually like early May to June, although maybe that they're, maybe they're out there right now or they're going to fly out next week. But like Dylan said, we'll probably know more about 45 and 46 fairly soon. I would say. Fair, fairly soon. Yeah, yeah. Fairly soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, and, and I'll, ne- I'll never forget when we first, we first started the podcast, us doing all the preseason podcasts about uh, se- breaking down the season 40 cast. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, re- I'm ready to get back to it. I'm ready to get back to it. The excitement mm-hmm. of seeing players get a second chance. Is it, um, is it, is it bad? I mean, I, I know that we're both excited for vets because we haven't seen vets in a, in a long time, but is it bad that I'm more excited for them to, for the rumors to be, they're back to two tribes and they have tribe swaps. I'm actually more excited to see that than I am to see returning players. I'm like, just give me two tribes and give me swaps. That's, that's all I want. I'm, I'm hopeful and optimistic that that's going to happen as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to this first question from Jay. Uh, by the way, what happened to the Danny Brandon relationship after the summit? Why did their relationship seem to break down post-merge? So yeah, I, I was actually wondering that too. I was going to blame it on the edits and be like, how come they showed this Danny Brandon um, journey conversation and then right away it's like oh they're going to go for each other I think what Brandon said on his exit interview was that I mean he and Danny wanted to work together now obviously they were never going to make a final two pact I think they were going to go for each other at some point as big threats often do I think in his mind he knew that Soka and Ratu were going to go at each other eventually I don't think he thought at final 10 Danny was going to go for him at that point I think he thought he had a few more votes left but that's probably what happened. It was just the Sokaratu war and Brandon was probably hoping he could work with Danny longer, but it just, it just wasn't going to work out that soon. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, look, I think the target would have been Lauren if, if Lauren didn't win immunity, right? That's a good so, point. Yeah. So she, she wins immunity and now it's like, well, what do we do? Everyone seems to like Kane. Plus he's not as big of a threat for immunity. So it's like, all right, we can keep him around. Uh, Jamie, they're like, oh, she may have, she may have an idol. <laughs> so I guess it was just like kind of by default, like he had to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. Here we go. One sec. We got a lot of comments tonight. Thank you guys. Yeah. Um, from Jay. Uh, do you guys think Jam Jam was blindsided, giving his shocked face after Brandon was voted out? So here's the thing, and and this happened is this happened during the whole uh, Felicia Tribal Council too. It's like. Jam Jam and Carolyn, like they're characters, but they're such great actors. I was convinced, Dylan, until I kind of went on Twitter and did my research, I was convinced Jam Jam got blindsided by this whole idol play and then Brandon going home. But then, like like we just discussed earlier on the podcast, it's like, well, no, Tika knew what was going to happen. They just voted with Ratu to stay in the middle. 
Jam Jam obviously is faking the blindside face. We've seen this happen before. He fakes the blindside face so Jamie, Lauren, and Kane don't get suspicious that he knew about this. So he fooled me. I'm sure he fooled them too. But yeah, I don't think he actually was that shocked. Yeah, it seems like Jam Jam. I mean, he's told us to to in the confessionals. He's like, I'm really good at acting, and I don't. He yeah. it was an act for sure, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, from uh, the Ohio State for the win. Uh, he wants to know. I read somewhere that someone maybe thought Carolyn struggled purposely in the challenge to spare Carson doing the tough rope since he was sick. Do you buy that? I don't buy that, but it's interesting. Interesting speculation. I'm going to guess that Carolyn was just terrible at it because I cannot see her being good at that type of challenge. Any any challenge where you need to be like calm, definitely not for her. I mean, when the season opens up and she completely can't do the whole like ring over the uh, pole thing. Yeah, Carolyn's not going to be great at the challenges. Maybe if it's, you know what's crazy, Dylan? And, and like you just said if, if it has to do with being calm, she wouldn't do well. I, I wonder, as a quick aside, because I, I disagree. I, I think that, you know, she didn't do that for Carson. I think Car- Carolyn was just terrible at the Nets. Um, yeah, for sure. How do you think she would have done it at Chimney Sweep? Because I feel like I could see Carolyn, you know, being bad at all these challenges. But maybe a challenge, I mean, granted, she could be good at, like, the freaking, like, you know, the challenge that you, you use your feet? Maybe, uh, maybe yes they do it like yeah. every other season like where you use yeah. your feet maybe yeah, like yeah. something weird like that she could be good at but i have a weird feeling you think carolyn would be good at the chimney sweep challenge what chim what you mean oh, like the the, the, the the endurance thing tonight the, the endurance oh yeah like, okay that's what i thought you meant okay the end yeah. to the end i could see i could see her being better at that type of thing yeah. where she has to like dig deep than like one where you got to stay like perfectly like calm and balanced because i almost thought like last week when they did or it was maybe two weeks ago when they had like the over the head thing. I think that was last week, right? Where, where yeah. Franny, Franny won it. I, she was out first. I, I thought she was going to be, I thought for a second, I was like, maybe she's going to be like sneaky good at these balance type challenges. First one out. So uh, yeah, I, I feel like her type of challenge is going to be more like the digging deep type where I feel like she's going to be like sneakily good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. Um, all right. This question here. Um also, given the fact that players have less time to strategize before tri- tribal these days and thus left time, less time to form a p- proper plan, do you think it's because production wants more live tribals to happen? Um, I'm going to say no. I don't think they do. I think that maybe that in their mind, they're like, oh, more chaos could happen if... I think like it crossed their mind, like, yeah, more chaos with the vote could happen. I don't necessarily think live tribals. I just also think that they're just doing it because they, the, the game is 26 days and they like have to get all these people voted out. The easy solution is just to extend the game back to 39 days. But again, I could go on a rant about that, but I won't. Yes, we. Every, I think everybody, <laughs> record, both recording this podcast and watching this podcast, probably wants 39 days back. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with you. I, I don't think it's because they want more live tribals. I think they they like live tribals. I mean, I think they're not going to turn a chance away to have one happen because it, it's very exciting television. It is a show before a game. Um, what I will say is that, you know, I just feel like they do have less time to strategize and it could be because of live tribals, but I also just think I need to go back and look at 41 to 43. Like I, I feel like I was doing some quick math while you were talking and I was like, could we just do every other, every night? Why can't we have a tribal on day like three, five, seven, nine, 11, 13, 15? We could have one every other day. And then once you get to like 21, then you have to do it every single night. I think the reason why this whole thing happened back to back to back is maybe because of the brand um, Matthew and Bruce Medivacs. I think that kind of screwed up their schedule a little bit with two people leaving due to injury. Cause I still can't believe they have, they've had three tribals 
three nights in a row this early. So that's I think I think it has to do with that probably. All right. Next question. Uh, Ohio State for the win wants to know who are some players you think will be back in the next returning season. So we get asked this a lot. Um, I'll, I'm going to quickly just rattle off the names at the top of my head and whatever I miss, I miss or whatever I say, I say my prediction remains the same. I think it, it is. I think it's going to be old era versus new era. It's going to be like, it's going to be, you're going to get like your Shan Ricard, maybe Xander. Cause I could see them like, I could see that. I think they really liked him. Uh, Drea, Omer, uh, Jesse, uh, Cody, uh i don't know i'm I, i'm off the top of my head it's somebody for, so, who we'll see what happens with this season carolyn clearly in the in the tier of one of probably a returnee eventually um versus like your hopefully fingers crossed doms uh uh christians chrissy like those types of players so that's my that's my like hope that's again that's um, it's high hopes but mm-hmm. it, it's a hope what, what, no, you- right no, you, you, you covered more than I did. I, I thought the question was just asking about like who from this season would be back, but you obviously covered a lot of like people in general that could come back. Um, here's my, it's very simple for me. If you're doing like, like a tier list in the top tier is it's Tika who will be back next season. Tika. <laughs> Carolyn Carson, Cham Cham easily. Then you go down a couple pegs. Then I would say, well, I mean, Bruce is kind of locked in, but we'll put Bruce aside. Um, then you could say, that honestly at that point i think it actually gets kind of tough who can come back like maybe danny if they want that type of archetype but i don't know if they maybe danny um if they want to go for like a kelly wentworth second chance thing they could obviously pull from like your claire's or your sat your 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 um helen's or whatever but i really do think and maybe this is why some people have been kind of like mixed on 44 it's like it's clearly tika are the main characters and also the more interesting players. And then it just drops for like, you know, who else would you want to see back? Yeah. Yeah. And then what do you think about like the previous, previous new era seasons? So you named off a lot of the, I'm not going to repeat the same names, but you covered everybody. Um, who, who, who's something that you haven't said that could come back, but you named all the, all the big ones. Um, I mean, it could be no, Noel Owen. You, uh, another name could be like, hi, Again, if you still want to go like a whole second chance route, there's a lot of options in the new era. You can go Jenny from 42. People love Jenny preseason uh, before she got taken out in that tribal. So I think there are a lot of options. I think that the, the, the easiest thing for them, and I agree with you, I want it to be old era, new era, because I want to see a lot of the 30 people, 30s people back. I really do. For them, it's super easy just to stick with the new era because they have a lot of options. But I'm hoping that it's um, I'm hoping that it's a mix of old and new. So yep we'll see um all right we have a question from andrew here he wants to know how did all the franny voters not get wind of the danny idol play for her given all the loose lips i think that's a good point right it's like there's so much spread information how could this eventually not get back to them and i think that based on like here's my take right so we know from the exit press that at least Brandon had no idea of the Danny. Like it didn't get back to from jam jam that Danny was going to play the idol. So how did it not, how did they not get wind of it? I guess Carson and Dan and jam jam really just kept their mouth shut um, and kind of just didn't want them to know. And they kind of just wanted to purposely vote wrong. Um, also, I would say like a lot of it is one overconfidence. Clearly we saw that all throughout the trip all of them were saying how confident they were, right? Especially Kane. 
you know, we feel like we're, we're in a position that one of us should win this game, right? It's like, mm-hmm. eh, well, maybe you spoke too soon. So I would say one, overconfidence as well. And two, um, we spoke about this podcast, like not a lot of time. Yeah, I, I really think that um, it's, I mean, I think those, that's true. I think, I think it could be even more simple where, like Brandon said in his exit press, he just, and they're all guilty of it, but Brandon got voted out, so he'll take the blame. Like, he didn't just, he didn't check in. Like, he he said, I had conversations with Carson and with Jam Jam and with Lauren. I was like, all right, you vote for Danny, you vote for Franny, because they, they were pretty sure once Matt left, they were pretty sure either Franny or Danny had the idol. So in their minds, it's like, we should at least split because even if Tika is not with us, if we split four and three, we can at least keep Ratsu together. And I just think that they said maybe at the water well, well, let's do a split vote, and they just never followed up on it. So even if they caught wind of the idle play, they probably thought, oh, we'll just split the votes, and either of them will go home no matter what if Tika's with us. They just never checked in. And like you said, Dylan, they got confident. They ran out of time, didn't check in, and it all just fell apart. Yeah, I, I think that that's what it seems like. That's the type of thing yeah. it is. Um, all right, from Jay here again. He wants to know, uh, what do you guys think of the fact that Josh, Matt, and Brandon were voted out on consecutive days, 13, 14, and 15? Yeah, we, we kind of already addressed this. I think we're both, uh, we were a little bit shocked by that for sure. I just didn't realize it. I, I think it could be due to the uh, the medevacs, but yeah, I mean, that's obviously why the game is fast paced. If people are getting voted out every 24 hours. Yep. Um, all right. This question here, who do you guys see as possibly being runner ups? Uh, for some reason I could envision Kane being one. Um, it's tough to say runner ups because there's so much game left. Right. Um, like I said, I feel like two of the Tika are going to get to the, the final tribal, which would mean that one of them would be a runner up. So that's my, that's the best answer I could give you at this point. I mean, I feel like people are going to want to say Carolyn. Cause I feel like, I mean, I still think Carolyn could win. Um, I feel like the audience is being painted a picture that, you know, Carolyn is playing a strong game. She does know the game pretty well, despite her being a character, but people just don't give her the time of day. She has good at reads. She knows the game pretty well, but people just don't want to listen to her. We've seen this many times now. I still think it could lead into a story arc where she gets there and she's able to explain her game and she gets the respect. But it's also very easy to see a scenario, Dylan, where she gets there and once again, nobody even gives her any respect and she's a runner-up. So that's what I'll say Carolyn for now, but it wouldn't shock me if she could win too. All right, next question. Uh, From Ohio State for the win again, he wants to know, my final question for you guys is, what do you think of the... 90 minute episodes starting next season. I'm excited for that. It'll really help with character and player development and more camp life. That, that's something that we haven't spoke about yet. Cause we mentioned the Bruce thing. That was the other leak. Uh, apparently is that 90, 90 minute episodes could be starting as soon as season 45. That would be awesome because I think, you know, I, I think a, a main complaint for a lot of people this season, at least certainly for me, I felt like at this point last season, I knew everybody on the cast way more than I know this season. Uh, everybody on the cast. Um, why is that? Maybe more attention to advantages have been shown in the edit, but the 90 minute episodes should ensure that that never happens. Well, I would agree with you and Jay. And I, when I first heard the rumor, I was very excited too. And I want more time dedicated to the bonds between the players who's aligned with who. So we really know where the game pieces are on the board, but if Jeff's going to fill the time with more twists and gimmicks, then I don't want it. So 
if it's done the right way, I think it's a great thing for the show. If it's done poorly, it's not that good. Yeah, I mean, we. I, I'm hoping for the best. We'll we'll see. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. I actually like this question a lot from Darius. He wants to know: Did Brandon forget Matt mentioning Danny's idol? I think we kind of spoke about this a little bit earlier in the podcast. My thoughts on this are that he didn't forget, but like, I guess it was also like another step, like. Danny may have the idol, but we're we're ultimately placing the votes on Franny. So in order for this to fail, it would it would it would have to be him playing the idol correctly for Franny. Which is he really going to do that at final ten? Uh, if he knows the vote's not going on, like there's still so much game left. I don't know if he's going to actually do that. Like, yeah, he was probably speculating that Danny had the idol, but it's a whole other question of whether you actually think he's going to play it or not. Clearly, they didn't. They did not have a big fear of him playing it, or they did, and they just couldn't get the split vote together. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think Brandon forgot. I think I said this earlier in the podcast, um, <clears throat> Darius. But so um, Brandon and Ratu thought. I think they think they thought Matt had it because when they got back from that challenge, and Matt's like, "Oh, I don't. I need my bag. Where's my bag? Where's my bag?" They were like, "Oh, he's he needs his bag because he has the idol." But obviously, if Matt had the idol, he would have saved himself last vote. So they realized, well, he didn't have it, obviously which means that Danny or Franny have it. They didn't think Heidi had it. So I guess Brandon should have realized it's more likely that Danny had it than Franny did. But to your point, they may have put the votes on Franny regardless because she also won the challenge last week. She's kind of seeming like a pretty decent threat. Um, so I don't know if he forgot, but obviously they figured one of Danny, Franny had it. They obviously didn't choose correctly. Um, well, technically they did, but Danny saved her. <laughs> <laughs> technically they did. Um their problem, like I said a couple a couple times now, they just they didn't split the votes. If they split the vote, they probably had a better shot. For sure. Uh, and then I think this is a good way to end because we kind of yeah, we, yes. we, we, we kind of start we started this way, but I know a lot of people came in late. So uh we, we could uh re we re re uh, retreat back to this, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. but Ohio State for the win wants to know what are both of your favorite Keith Nail moments and memories? So sad and devastated about his passing. I forgot to ask that question and but want to know both of your thoughts. Yeah. Um, we brought this up at the beginning of the podcast, obviously devastating passing. Um, Keith nail, one of my favorite players ever. I was genuinely shocked, uh, and obviously really upset about, you know, when I heard the, uh, heard the news on Tuesday night, I would say like the, the great thing about Keith is, and this, this goes for, you know, it's a big, you know, casting type thing is I think the, the great thing about Keith is that he was so real. Like, right. It never like, like he, ne he told it like it was in every single confessional. And that's what made him. That's one of the reasons he was so likable is like, you always knew you were going to get a great confessional for him. You always knew he was going to tell it like it is, uh, no like BS type of guy. Um, and just a really good player also. Right. I believe he finished fifth and fourth, if I'm correct. Um, so not only, not only was he great character, great, great player as well. Um, definitely for sure. Um, one of, one of my favorites i'd have to say um and yeah just just absolutely devastating to hear that uh this news i mean this like you said this is a really great question because immediately i, I could think of five moments like it, it keith had so many times where he lit up our screen like i could think of him with the tuck tuck where he called it a toto 
he the classic stick to the plan which everybody quotes because that blew up the tribal council when keith is when west is eating, eating the the, the freaking chicken nuggets and he's like well west hasn't been in jail yet when he's like survivor's not fun going on a cruise is fun so yeah keith had so many great moments and obviously like we said at the start very sad uh to hear about keith's passing so we hope his family and friends are doing all right yeah and i think i i agree yeah prayer prayers to his family hope uh Hope hope they're hope they're uh, doing all right and yeah I I know uh, Rob Rob Cesarino mentioned that uh, he was like maybe putting something together like as a tribute oh, for that nice. so I'm curious to see uh, what I would love to see that so mm-hmm. um, yeah but I, I think that's that's a good way to kind of wrap up this this podcast um, yeah again obviously you know in my opinion legendary player so um, yeah devastating news but you know to more of you know to go back to the recap we just had um happy that we got a good episode uh last night because that's been at least in my opinion a little bit of a struggle uh this season and i am excited to be back next week um another another wednesday we got coming up episode nine and we're slowly getting close to <laughs> the it always goes so fast we're, we're, we're it's like it's like it's like the nfl season every time you know you know snap your fingers you're week eight uh and we're we're you know moving on so dylan i'm just excited next week final nine first time in the, in the new era we've had a final nine vote that's not the split into two groups i'm hoping so hopefully a really good final nine vote next right. week yep for sure all right grab your torches and head back to camp good night